Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is the presenter of the Maker Heals Seminar. He's also a founding member of BIVA, Bangkok International Vegan Alliance. Pastor Virendra Arora, welcome to Upward Way. Thank you. It is indeed my esteemed joy and pleasure to have you on our show today. And I know that the listeners are in for a treat because you have indeed a very powerful testimony to share. Now, Pastor Arora, I want you to walk, walk with us to the past somewhat and tell us when and where did your faith journey begin? Okay. My faith journey began back in uh, 1977 when I was a student of aircraft maintenance engineering in uh, Chennai, South India. Okay. At that time, whatever the reasons were, not enough time to discuss that, but I was wanting to commit suicide. And uh, then I bumped into a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. My roommate had that book and I borrowed that book from him because of my uh, situation. That title attracted me and I began to read that book. And uh, that book led me to the Bible because in the book he suggested some practical advice on write down some of these Bible verses and keep them in your pocket. And every time you get a negative thought, read them out loud. So I read them out loud and began to feel the power of God working in my life. So I said, why not I read the Bible? And my roommate had a Bible too, even though he was not a Christian. So when I asked him if I could borrow his Bible, he said, yes, but be careful, don't get carried away. Because we people in India, we have our own religions. Okay, and this religion is for the Western people. But it's a good book. You can read it. So I, I ensured him that I will not get carried away. But lo and behold, when I started reading the book of Proverbs, I did get carried away. And then uh, at that time, the words began to echo in my ears, which I had read in the, I think, elementary school textbook on social studies. And uh, there was one chapter about religions and uh, something about Christianity, one or two paragraphs about Christianity. But only thing I remember was this man was crucified and he prayed for his enemies. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I began to pray. I say, if there is such a man and if this, the, this is the book about him, I like to meet him. So I had an encounter with Jesus in the Bible. And, uh, and during those days, I began to attend the church one after the other on Sundays. Every Sunday I was going to church. And uh, then I saw the movie, The Fiddler on the Roof. And that's the story of a Jewish family. And from there I learned about the Sabbath. Then I saw the movie Ten Commandments. And then I learned about the Ten Commandments. And then I found Sabbath in the Bible in the middle of Ten Commandments. Now I began looking for a church that kept the Sabbath. 
And then I want you to stay vegetarian because as a Hindu, I was brought up as a vegetarian and I didn't want to change to non-vegetarian. And every church I went to, people were meat eaters. So I didn't think that I belong, I belong to any of those churches. And uh, then I asked around if there is ever a church that keeps the Sabbath and where people are vegetarian. They say, yes, there is a Sabbath-keeping church, but you promise you won't become their member. I said, why? Then they told me a lot of negative things about the Seventh-day Adventists, which I found later they were, most of them were true. So I went to the Seventh-day Adventist church. Reluctantly, they gave me the address. I went to the Adventist church. These were Sunday Christians, okay? So they gave me the address. I went to the Seventh-day Adventist church in Chennai. And first thing I saw, the very first day that I arrived, they were having communion service. And they washed each other's feet. I said, hey. What is this? People of Western religion following the Eastern culture? Okay. Even Indians don't do that now, even though it's in our culture. But we don't do the, we don't wash the feet of our guests. So then uh, right after the church service, the pastor contacted me. And uh, the next Tuesday, he came to study Bible. So as I studied the prophecies with him, and I was convinced that this church came about as a fulfillment of the Bible prophecy. So I wanted to be baptized as quick as possible. But pastor said, no, you need to study the Bible before we baptize. I said, no, but what about my salvation? If I die today, then? So he said, don't worry about that. The Lord knows your heart. Your salvation is for sure okay, because you believe in Jesus. But we, I cannot baptize you until you have studied and understood what you're getting in. So he studied the Bible with me. And on July 17, 1977, I was baptized. And uh, ever since, I never looked back. And uh, I need to let you know also that as I was a student of aircraft maintenance engineering, we were having classes on Sabbath. And I began to take off on Sabbath. I didn't go to school. And uh, there came to a time when I could take off only one more Sabbath. If I took off more than that, I won't be allowed to sit in the final exam. I said, never mind. Final exam is still far, and whatever will happen will happen, but I'm going to keep the Sabbath. So I had my leave letter, because those days you had to write a leave letter every time you want to take a day off. So I had my leave letter ready on Friday to turn it in before I go home on Friday afternoon. And before I could turn the leave letter in, the circular was sent to all the classes that the institute will remain closed on all Saturdays. And we will work five days a week and we'll work one hour extra every day. So Saturday, Sunday, the college will be closed. Wow. For me, that came about as the Lord was saying, son, you're going in the right direction. Keep going. I'm with you. But then the challenge came before the final exam because I had six subjects. So they decided to finish all the six exams Monday to Saturday. So theory exam in the morning and practicals in the afternoon. So I went and requested the chief instructor, sir, I cannot write the exam on Saturday. Say, why not? Are you prophesying that you're going to be sick? I said, no. But then I told him about my Sabbath keeping. He said, that doesn't make any sense to me because he was a Hindu and he was a retired Air Force officer and very strict to discipline. He followed discipline very strictly. So he said, no, you'll have to write your exam on Saturday. I say, I cannot write on Saturday. Please give me double exam on Friday or you can, I can come back and write on Sunday. He said, either way, it's not practical. 
it's not going to happen. So you better come and write the exam. So I walk out from him, his office and I told him I won't be writing the exam. He said, well, that's up to you. So I went to write the exam Monday to Friday, but on Saturday, I did not. And then as a result, I failed and I had to rewrite the exams, all of them, two months later. Now, when the schedule came out, exam timetable, again, it was Monday to Saturday. So what should I do? So I went and requested again. In fact, I was thinking I'll just drop off. I don't want to complete it because anyway, I wanted to become a Bible worker. And my church members advised me, no, we will pray about it. And you go and uh, talk to the chief instructor again. So I went and talked to the chief instructor and he said, no, I'm not going to change. You have to write the exam on Saturday. Okay, otherwise you will never graduate. You are being stubborn. And he said, I know how to straighten out people like you. I am a strict disciplinarian and I'm going to see that you will comply to my rules. I said, no, sir, I'm not being stubborn. I'm just telling you my religious conviction and I'm going to obey that. He said, just get out and don't waste my time. So I said, I got out from there. And uh, just the Friday before the exam, as I was sitting in the classroom, my classmates all came in the classroom. I was already sitting there and they were furious like they want to punch me in the nose. I said, what happened? What's wrong with you guys? What did I do wrong? Why are you staring at me like that? So go and see the bulletin board. So I went out and looked at the bulletin board. The exam timetable had changed Monday to Friday and then Monday again. Whew, how did that happen? And when I went back to the class, the instructor had come already. So I asked Mr. Pillay, what happened? Mr. Menon said that he will not change the schedule no matter what happened. He said, well, in our meeting, he said, let's change the timetable because otherwise this guy will be a nuisance longer. Let's get rid of him. So I was able to write the exam Monday to Friday and then Monday again. And I passed with first class with distinction in five subjects. And then I was given the chance to choose the uh, flying club or airline. They had the list of vacancies for me to choose from because I was a top student. Even in oral exam, I did the top. I said, well, I didn't think about it. So give me two minutes. So I went out, asked my friends, which flying club or airline should I choose? So they told me to choose Gujarat Flying Club because Gujarat Flying Club was the only flying club in India at that time that had the metal construction aircrafts. The others had only wood and fabric construction. So I went and requested, they granted me and they say, come back and collect your letter tomorrow, employment letter. So I went back on the collected my letter, then I went to Delhi to visit my family, and then I went to Gujarat. It was like, a, you know, going this way to that way. And in the Gujarat Flying Club, I worked from Monday to Friday. I didn't want to tell about the Sabbath because I don't want them to think that I'm lazy. So I worked hard from Monday to Friday. I went early and I left late, except on Friday. I left a little early and then I requested to take off on Saturday. And the chief engineer said, well, you just came only one week and you want a day, day off? It's okay. It's okay. You are new. Maybe you're looking for a room or something you have to do. It's okay. So he gave me Sabbath off, but there was no Seventh-day Adventist church in that city, Badoda. That time it was called Badoda. Now it is called Vadodara. So I kept the uh, Sabbath in my room. And then on Sunday, I went to the Methodist church. And when the Methodist church pastor, Pastor Joshi, he came to know that I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, he told his wife, 
Mr. Arora is a Seventh-day Adventist and Seventh-day Adventists are vegetarians. Please go and prepare something vegetarian for him. I think he would have been shocked to know that most of the Seventh-day Adventists were not vegetarian. And that was my shocking uh, realization after one month after my baptism, when I came to know that most of the church members were not vegetarian. But now I was already baptized, so where could I go? So anyway, I attended the Methodist church on that Sunday. And that Monday, I went back to the flying club. And there I was called to the office of the chief engineer. And he gave me a list, long list. You know, those days we used to have those long paper, longer than A A4. And he said, please read this one. And at the bottom, you sign that you will abide by the rules and regulations. Now I thought I have to tell him about the Sabbath because it says only second Saturday is off. The all other Saturdays, the flying club works half day. So I requested him. I told him about my Sabbath conviction. And he said, I'm sorry, it won't work. I said, but I can work on Sunday. He said, who's going to open the flying club for you on Sunday? So you have to come. Then I more explained to him about the Sabbath being a sign of creation and sign of sanctification and how I was longing to be sanctified and I needed to keep the Sabbath. And he said, well, in that case, let me advise you. You choose either airline business or Sabbath. Because airlines work 24-7. You will be here only for six months. And after that, you will be hired by an airline. And uh, if you say that I'm not going to work from Friday evening to Saturday evening as an AME, if you don't inspect the aircraft and sign the logbook, you have to inspect every component of the aircraft and sign the logbook at the aircraft is airworthy. And if you don't do that, pilot cannot fly the plane. And there more than 200 passengers are waiting and you say it's my Sabbath. It's not going to work. Your shift can be Friday night. It can be Saturday morning. In that case, I think you have to make a choice. I say, okay, sir, I make a choice. I will keep the Sabbath. He said, no, 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 no. Don't rush like that. I'll give you one more week to think about it and you can come back and sign. Or here, your security deposit, you keep it. You can give him back next week. I say, no, sir, I decide right now. I do not want airline. I'll keep the Sabbath. And ever since, I have not looked back. It's 44 years now. And I praise God for the decision that I made. And it was God's spirit that was inspiring me and leading me because I know many people who fall short of that. But the Lord gave me the strength and the conviction and I did it and I'm grateful for that. I love what you said. The Lord gave you the conviction and you did it and you are grateful for that. I just want to piggyback on a few things you mentioned. The name of that book, if I'm correct, is it The Power of Positive Thinking? By Norman Vincent Peale, yes. Okay. I need to get myself a copy of that book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Yeah. He is not a very religious person, but you know, uh, any good lawyer will uh, do anything to win his case, even if he has to tell the truth. Okay. So he told the truth in that book in one chapter, and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Man, he, he told the truth, even that one chapter. When I listened to your story, as you spoke about being at Air Force College, the story from the Bible that readily comes to mind is that found in Luke chapter 18, which speaks about the persistent widow. I know you may not have planned to discuss this, but sometimes persons readily give up or they give up easily. But I want you to take a 
few minutes to speak about the importance of persistence and particularly persistence in our faith. I think that I did not know that word at that time. Okay, now I understand what is persistent. <laughs> and uh, I was somehow, I was convinced that I just have to do it. That's all. I need to follow the Lord. I was tempted to go back into my old lifestyle, you know, smoking, drinking, and all of that. And after I got discouraged, when I see the uh, church members were not quite as, you know, what I was expecting. My mistake was mine. I was expecting a heaven on earth, you know, in the Seventh-day Adventist church. But I didn't realize that there were people like me who were struggling. And uh, when I was discouraged, even I saw immorality, adultery, everything. And in fact, I'm an eyewitness to that. I wanted to leave the church. But where shall I go? Because this is the church of fulfillment of the Bible prophecy. So if, if there is not uh, truth and integrity in this church, where else will I find it? Plus, there were some very good church members who really uh, became like parents to me. Okay. For example, Mr. J.D. Abeniza, he died long ago. But when I had no job, after I quit the flying club, I went back to Chennai instead of going to Delhi, my hometown. I went back to Chennai because for the last three years I was there. So I wanted to go and sell books to make a living. And I applied to be a literature evangelist, but it took them more than six months to approve it. Sometimes the secretary is not there. Sometimes the president is not there. Sometimes the treasurer is not there. Sometimes the publishing director is not there. So it was postponed for six months. And here I was totally unemployed. I had no way of making a living. And my education loan from the bank had already stopped. And to make a decision to keep the Sabbath when you have the bank loan to pay, that was a very difficult decision. And my mother has mortgaged the house to the bank. Okay. So my mother and my siblings, how will they live? But I don't know, but those things never bothered me because it is God's headache, not mine. It is his problem. Mine is to obey him. So when I saw all those things and I was discouraged and uh, I wanted to go back, you know, into my lifestyle, smoking, drinking, but it, it just did not work. Oh, yeah. Another thing is I was a chain smoker and uh, I wanted to quit smoking after I realized that my body is the temple of God. Alcohol, I was able to stop because it was occasional drinking and not a habit. Okay. Or any time I got discouraged or had negative thoughts and all that, I would drink. But cigarette smoking, I was addicted to and I wanted to stop. I stopped and started again, stopped and started again several times. And one day as I was getting ready to go to my class, I looked into the mirror and I said to myself, I was going to shave. And then I look at my in my eyes in the mirror and I promise myself, I say, promise to yourself, Mr. Aurora, that you're not going to smoke this day, from this day. So I was very proud that I promised myself and I don't think I'll break my promise to myself. And to make sure I told my classmates that I promised myself in the mirror that I will not be smoking anymore. And three days later, they saw me smoking and they say, hey, what happened? Did your mirror break? So I was so embarrassed and humiliated. And finally, I said, Lord, I cannot do it. 
you know i tried many times for many months now it's not working you do it for me okay if not forget it okay you do it for me i cannot do it you know i tried and from that moment onwards i never had the desire no craving to smoke at all the lord took it up so after i got discouraged with the church and i wanted to go back into smoking but as i lit the cigarette if my body just wouldn't take it if the lord had taken it so i praise god for that because he worked miracles for me one after the other and those were all of personal nature before you get to to the other miracles because there's a song i used to sing back home or maybe we used to sing that he's a miracle working god i'm hearing of the many miracles i just asked you two questions and already a series of miracles i just wanted to go back a little further now you know growing up you said your hometown was delhi you spoke about chennai a few times what was life like in those early years because you did mention you were of hindu heritage so what was life like pre coming to christ yes as a teenager i got active in the arya samaj okay you may look up to arya samaj it was a reform hindu movement started about the same time when the seventh day adventist church started so it's a contemporary of seventh day adventist church or uh, going back to william miller or lng white i became an active member a youth member and uh, uh, we used to have the fire ceremony early morning and we put the offering cane style offering not abel's offering okay cane's offering all the herbs and uh, uh, whatever the dry ingredients and then the lot of ghee you know the butter oil okay all of those things offerings and i used to wake up early morning and wear my dhoti and kurta a white color and i'll i'll be there at 6 am every morning at the temple and most of the time the priest there he would make me the the host actually okay so i'll be the one leading out in the ceremony and i had memorized the havan mantras uh, and my pronunciation uh, was so perfect that when they had the youth camp uh, aryavirdal ke youth camp and there i got the grand award for the pronunciation of the mantras in sanskrit language and i was so impressed with the arya samaj and the truthfulness and the the doctrines the teachings my desire was to convert the whole world to hinduism i wanted to take that message of arya samaj to the world until i read the bible and there i found the answers to all my questions okay, so as a teenager i was really imbued with that spirit and i had read the book ramayana ramayana the ideal character rama okay, the king rama and uh, hindus worship him as god rama as king rama i have no objection to that because you have to be respectful to the king okay, if he was a king but then if you make him a god that's where i have the problem with so my mother never taught me to worship all those uh, heroes of faith but she told us that they were great men we should learn lessons from them but we should not worship them we worship god only and she worship one great god but the problem with the teaching of arya samaj was that god is in everything god is everywhere i can understand that he is omnipresent but he is in everything like even a particle of dust god is in there and uh, that way i have no place to sit i have no place to stand 
because then I'm standing on God, I'm sitting on God. So that made me very uncomfortable. Okay. So the Bible teaching of God became more realistic and it was lifting, elevating, okay, and uh, God was most holy. Okay. But if he is in everything, then there is pollution, there is dirt, there is filth. Who? How can God be in everything? I could not put up this. And uh, yeah, that was my childhood and uh, youth. I am the eldest child uh, of the five children in the family. I have four siblings and two of them are dead and two are still alive. But I'm the eldest of them. Quite an amazing experience. And, you know, for many of us, we have no idea about different teachings from different religious groups, from different religions. But you have an enriching experience. And that is really meaningful because, you know, sometimes persons will ask the question, how do I know? How do I know that I can trust the Bible? But for someone who has, would say, been there and done that, then you can speak to not only what you believe, but what you have also experienced. As we talk about God, you know, speaking to us, what are some of the ways from your own experience that you have seen God speaking to you in your life? Yeah, he has spoken to me through the books, Bible especially, and the Spirit of Prophecy books, and the Sabbath school lessons, and uh, listening to sermons, different sermons, and even hymns. I like these old hymns because each hymn is a story. I don't need to know the background story. But as you read, as you sing the hymn, you realize the author is building up from one stanza to another, he's building up a theme, a teaching, a doctrine. Okay. So I love those old hymns, though many people don't want to sing those hymns and they want to sing choruses. And if they will sing, they will sing, let's sing the first and the last stanza. It doesn't make sense. To me. If you are singing a hymn, sing the whole hymn. It's better to sing only two hymns, okay, all the stanza, than to sing 10 hymns and with first and last stanza. Because you are not there to entertain the people. You are not singing to entertain the people, but singing itself should be considered worship for God. Usually the song leader will announce, let us sing as we are waiting for the people. Hey, what do you mean by that? God is here. You are singing to worship him. You are not singing while you are waiting for the people. Okay? And nobody wants to address that question. They don't want to speak about it. And those who speak about it, they never get a chance to speak. <laughs> Keep this person out. So true. So true. No one wants to address, would say, the elephant in the room. I wonder sometimes where did that expression come from? But I love the point you made and raised about hymns. Because sometimes when we think about songs, we think about hymns. There are persons who think, okay, it is just something simple. You just pull a song here, but you just pull a song there. But you have highlighted the dynamics of the songs building up. You did not introduce yourself as a musician, but there might be someone who's listening today who is a songwriter, who is a singer, who is a musician, and who produces music. What would be your message to that person as it relates to the quality or the nature of the music that they produce? Music should be uplifting and not making you go this way. Okay? Any music that goes makes you go sideways, you better not have that. It should be uplifting and it should be solemn. 
that moment you begin to sing those that song and you meditate on the words that the author has put in there you can almost feel his heart and the voice of his soul you can listen to and that connects you with god if it does not connect you with god if it's just entertaining okay it's no use it's a waste of time powerful stuff and all you're saying is that the songwriter the singer has an, an important a duty as the pastor the preacher the presenter so it's about connecting the person with god now i'm going to give you a chance to speak about what you do currently as the presenter of the maker heals seminar what is that about and if you could also share a bit about the bangkok international vegan alliance so those are two ministries that you have been a part of so i want you to talk yeah. to us now what is first the maker heals seminar what is that about yeah it all started bangkok international vegetarian alliance uh, it was more than almost 30 years now uh, it was called veg bangkok first then we changed the name to vegetarian club of bangkok and now it is called viva bangkok international vegan alliance the founder of this is achan pontep professor pontep sinarula he is a sikh namdhari white turban sikh and uh, he was a former student of the seventh day adventist school here in bangkok he was impressed with the bible teachings and the teachings from the lng white writings but he was surprised that seventh day adventists don't practice that message and especially about being vegetarian and there was nothing being done by the seventh day adventist church to promote vegetarianism and anyway i met him on a, a fam trip to the mission health promotion center that was uh, established about 170 kilometers from bangkok okay, it was a part of the health education department of the bangkok adventist hospital and as we took a group of indians to go and see the place so that they can go and join the health programs there during the trip i met him we became friends and then i went and sold the books to him i was a church pastor here in bangkok at that time and uh, oh yeah that also i need to tell you how uh, from engineer i became a pastor <laughs> you can ask me later i will remember to ask yeah and uh, i was a church pastor in bangkok and i traveled in the van with these people the group of indians on the fam trip and uh, then follow up i went and sold the books to this person because that time the president of thailand adventist mission he allowed the church pastors to sell books once one week in a year that was called the big week because our salaries were low and we needed more money so i went and sold the books to this gentleman professor pontep sinarula and then he invited me to do a stop smoking program for his company staff because many of his staff were smokers so i did the stop smoking program for him for his staff and they successfully stopped smoking and during that time he shared his idea of starting this vegetarian club of bangkok and i was with him i felt that is an opportunity to reach out to the people so as a result i have been a symbol of vegetarianism and uh, even mission seventh day adventist church because people know me more then they will know even any other people who are in high positions in the church because i'm out in the field and i'm meeting with the people so that is the 
and then later it became Bangkok International Vegetarian Alliance. And recently I have not, be, not been active in the activities because now there is no meeting as such. Before we used to have twice a month meeting, then we began to have once a month meeting, and then for the last several years, no meetings at all. Instead, we just organize the events. So if there are major events, I will go, but I don't have time to go to the restaurants. So uh, then later, I came to know about the Maker Heal Seminar when it was conducted in the Mission Health Promotion Center in Mok Lake, Saraburi. That is about two hours drive from Bangkok. And as I went for the program, I listened to Mrs. Choi Cha Soon. She is the founder director of Bethel Sanitarium in South Korea. And uh, she is the author of this Maker Heal Seminar. So when I heard her speak on January 5, I had taken all my medicines with him. Because October 23, 2010, I had a massive heart attack. I had to take my maintenance. Okay, I had to take those medicines. So I took all my medicines along. But when I listened to her first lecture, I decided not to take my medicines, but follow her instructions. So since January 5, 2018, I have not taken a single pill. Before, I was taking 7 to 10 pills every day. Now I have not taken a single pill. And I thank God, praise God for that. And after I heard her first lecture, I went and talked to her and I said, Mrs. Choi, we need to take this message to the people of India. Will you go with me? She said, wherever the Lord leads me, I will go. And mind you, she's a blind lady. So as a result, we had the first Maker Hill seminar in India on August 28 to September 5, 2018. And I had no money and I had no health at that time. So I began asking people for money to buy the tickets for these ladies coming from South Korea. And when you, when you issue the tickets, not then or journey does not originate from where you are. Okay, tickets are more expensive. But I said, never mind, God will provide. So I kept sending out messages. People started sending me money. And the first thing I did was, Issue the ticket for Missy Choi and her walking stick. Issuing the ticket for her walking stick? Yes, because she has a lady who walks with her all the time, who holds her hand and walks with her. Okay. So I issued the tickets for these two ladies, and then I issued the ticket for the nutritionist. One by one, as the money kept coming in, I kept issuing the ticket. So I said, never mind the tickets for me and my wife. My wife and I, if we don't have the tickets, if we don't go, that's fine. But Missy Choi must go. And then the translator was to come from USA, okay, Korean from USA. She is to translate Missy Choi because Missy Choi does not speak English except good morning and thank you. Okay. Only two words she can say in English. Okay. So I called the translator and told her, if you have faith, buy your ticket and come. When I meet you in Delhi, we'll pay you the money. I don't have the money now. So she said, don't worry, pastor. I'll get the ticket and come. You can pay me later. God will provide. So, and August 28 is our seminar. We are going to fly on August 19, 18 or 19, something like that, to go and prepare for the seminar. And August 5, my wife gets the sciatica pain, and she cannot walk a step. And she has to go with me because I cannot do it alone. Okay. She has to be in charge of the kitchen along with the nutritionist who will come from Korea. Yeah. I said, 
And uh, I was told to postpone, postpone, postpone. We don't have the money. We don't have the strength. We don't have the health. Postpone it. I said, no, the Lord has put it in my heart and the Lord is going to do it. Anyway, we asked a travel agent who is like a son to us. I said, son, can you issue the tickets for us? God will provide and when we come back, we'll pay you the money. He said, don't worry, uncle, I will issue the tickets. So he issued the tickets for us and we went to Delhi and we had no money. Because the Northern India Union president, Pastor VP Singh, he said, I only give you the permission to conduct the seminar. We provide you the place. We will provide the place for people who will come for the seminar to stay here. But all the expense will be yours because it is not in our budget for this year. I say, sure. Because I was rushing as quick as possible because I knew how important it is for life saving and turning the people to God. It is the third angel's message in verity of righteousness by faith. And that is done through the health message. So I went to my bank in India and I had only 52,000 rupees in the bank. That's very little money when you compare with the international currency and all that. And even in India, it's not much to host a seminar for 100 people for 10 days. You are providing food for them every meal, three meals a day. So I took out 50,000 out of 52 because I had to leave minimum 2,000. Otherwise, they'll close my account. So I took out 50,000 and my wife got shock of her life. She said, that's the only money we have for our retirement. And you are going to spend it all for the people you don't even know. Okay. What will happen when we retire? I said, how do you know we will retire? Suppose we get out of the bank and we die in an accident, then what happens? What will be this money for them? Anyway, we got that money and we went to the market and I took her in the wheelchair. We went to the market and we went and bought the fruits and vegetables and the groceries were needed. And as people came to know, especially those who came from Korea, these ladies who came from Korea, they shelled out money, $100, $200, whatever they could afford. Okay. They contributed the money. And then we collected some offering. That was about 8,000 rupees. Eight or 9,000, I forgot now how much it is. And then the Northern India Union treasurer, when he joined our seminar, he was so impressed by it, he contributed 20,000 rupees. So to cut it short, we were able to pay every single penny we paid the ticket for the lady coming from America, Korean lady from America. And then when we came back, we had enough money to pay our tickets off. And then the seminars, Maker Heels 10-day seminars, took a snowball effect in India. Everybody wanted those seminars because in the first seminar, there were people from all over India and they all wanted us to come to their place. And very next seminar, which I conducted, when people came to know how the seminars came to India, at the end of the seminar on the 10th day, that was done in uh, South India. One lady, young lady came to me and handed me an envelope and she said, Pastor, put this in your pocket right away. I don't want anybody to see that. The people who gave this envelope are not here. They don't want to be identified. Okay? So I did that. And after the closing ceremony was done and I went to my room to pick up my bag to leave the room, I remember the envelope. And as I opened my envelope, there was 100,000 rupees in there. And that was helpful to me for next few seminars. Okay? 
I had enough money to travel and to pay for the bills or whatever it was. Praise God. And there was one seminar that I conducted in Sundarban that was in West Bengal in India. I only had my ticket. That time I was going alone. The Korean team was not coming. I was going alone to do the seminar because I had attended enough seminars with Mrs. Choi and I felt that now it's time for me to do by myself. Okay, so I went from home only with the air ticket. When I reached the airport, I was impressed to check my ATM. When I checked my ATM, I had the equivalent of 60,000 rupees in my bank. So this is how God provided one after the other, one after the other. And then the last seminar was done in Northeast India in December 2019. And then the riots started in Northeast India. I hardly made it to the airport. Okay. And then uh, the lockdown started. COVID came. That one year was very depressing. And during that time, I got the request from India. Some people who had lost their jobs, they said, we need money. I have three children and I don't have money to feed them. Please, can you help me? He got my, my phone number from a Christian chat somewhere. Okay. So I didn't have money because I'm penniless myself. I don't earn any money for almost 20 years now. Okay. And I never had a stable job. So what to do? I discussed with my wife and with a church member who was newly baptized. And we came up with the idea that we make granola and sell. So we made granola and sold. And then really we earned enough money. We were able to help five families during the lockdown even some of them to start a new business because they were not hired and they have no money to feed the family. So we suggested to them, we cannot give you 5,000, 10,000 every month. You need to do something. What can you do? So when they told us, okay, start this business, here is the money. And as a result, one of those people that we helped financially, he connected me to Pastor Barkat Masih. He is the Sabbath School Department Director and Stewardship Department Director in Northern India Union. And he was conducting a prayer meeting every morning, 5 a.m. on Zoom. So this uh, non-Adventist gave me the ID and I joined the prayer meeting. And Pastor Barkat recognized me because he had attended my first Maker Hill seminar in India. So he invited me to give a health lecture the following Monday. And I couldn't finish the lecture in one, in one day. So he said, okay, continue the next week. So it took me three weeks to finish that one lecture. That is a Bible study on why a Christian should be vegetarian. Not touching Ellen G. White. Enough material from the Bible. That's a result of my own study, Bible study, Bible research. And if you have time, sometime I present to you, you'll be amazed that there is enough evidence in the Bible itself. Okay, I'm not against Ellen G. White. But many Seventh-day Adventists, oh, Ellen G. White says that, not the Bible. Bible says we can eat. Anyway, so Pastor Barkat asked me to continue. I finished the lecture. And then many people wanted to change their lifestyle. They want to become vegetarian. So I asked Pastor Barkat if he'll give me 10 minutes at the end of every prayer session, then I can tell people how to become vegetarian and I can monitor them, their progress. He said, why 10 minutes? You can have the whole hour. So as a result, another hour started from 6 to 7 a.m. specially for me. And in Hindi, it was called, I called it Upwas, Upasna, Upkar, Upchar. Okay? And that is fasting and prayer remedy. And it began to work so well. And then it turned into Maker Heal Seminar on Zoom. 
and ever since we have conducted several seminars now okay, i i lost count of it now okay, i'll have to go back to check how many i we conducted and there are hundreds of people who have been healed just recent one just recent recovery that happened during the seminar conducted in hindi for the northeast india union february 4 to 13 just a few few days ago one pastor jay masi he reported he say he joined three seminars ago but he was not convinced to do what i was instructing second seminar again he was not convinced but this time when he joined the seminar he was convinced that he has to do what i said that i wanted people to do the water fast for 3 days no food at all and then 3 days of fruit fast and 3 days of recovery meal so he said to his wife and his daughter and his church people there was one lady in his church who has not been able to walk for 5 years now okay because during her delivery the doctor gave a wrong injection and ever since her legs are paralyzed and she has been walking on her hands dragging her body so he said let us go to dr jesus you fast with me for 3 days and fast fruit fast for 3 days and he himself had a lump in his stomach he could feel the pain for 10 years now but he was afraid to go for a checkup because he may have to go for a surgery he didn't want to go for that so after 3 days of water fast was over 3 days of fruit fast was over and as he went to the bathroom to do number 1 he realized that he had to go quickly for number 2 so he sat down undressed himself and he sat down and something with a high speed shot out of his bowels and hit the toilet bowl he was afraid maybe toilet bowl broke already and he got up to see what it was and there was a big black ball that came out it was all covered with blood and they were white 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 it was covered with white worms for 10 years he had been suffering then it came out and night when he went to bed he realized oh he cannot feel the lump anymore no more pain and that lump is gone and regarding that lady in the church who was not able to walk for 5 years now now she can stand in the church with both hands up and praising god so these are the two miracles that are very recent ones Okay, there is a series of miracles the Lord has worked, and I only present the material that Miss Choi has produced. If you listen to her story, I can share her testimony with you. It's amazing how the Lord led her through this spiritual journey 35 years, ago, and how successful she has been. That most of the people who went to Bethel Sanitarium in South Korea. they were healed even the last stage cancer patient so i'm amazed at god's miracle working power i tell the people when god created the earth was covered with water and the spirit of god hovered over the water so fill your body with water which is a symbol of the holy spirit and when you holy spirit comes inside you can the disease stay and then i invite people to connect with jesus what he is doing for us in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary with the eyes of faith follow him enter the most holy place kneel down pray with him he's praying for you and me he'll put one hand on your shoulder and with the other hand he will hold the throne of grace he'll connect you to god can disease stay there there's no place for disease but if he chooses not to heal you today 
or during this time, one day for sure he will heal you when he comes the second. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Well, listeners, we have to pause it here. My guest has been Pastor Virendra Aurora, presenter of the Maker Heals Ministry or Seminar. He's also a founding member of Beaver Bangkok International Vegetarian Alliance. If you have been blessed and inspired and would like to hear more, then join us again next week for the continuation. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Loud Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.